So, um, hey everybody, welcome to the USL show. This is it's always fun doing these live because a lot of that stuff you don't hear, and now you do. Uh, <laughs> like the like the five or so minutes before we um uh, actually go live, where I'm just rambling at people. And anyway, welcome to the USL show. It's uh, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves, which is your home for national team scarves, MLS, USL, all that good stuff. Um, as well as scarves for your uh, personal use, club use, or fundraisers. Check those guys out, roughneckscarves.com. Also brought to you and produced by the Beautiful Game Network podcast. Um, tons, tons, tons of shows. I will plug uh, our good friend Hugh Roberts and Backyard Footy, partly because, one, I'm going to see him next week, and two, um, he just announced what should be a really hilarious show with my um, uh, my, my soccer friends. Uh, he's going to have his former teammates, James Chambers, Santi Moore, and Chris Nanko on. Mm. Um, so that'll be chaos and a riot. So definitely check that one out when it comes out uh, sometime next week. I'm your host, as always, the lovely Evan Valella. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but I'm going to say it. So there you go. Uh, and joining me tonight, we have two of my soccer friends, as the Labor Day holiday has thrown a wrench into our plans. But regardless, we soldier on. The waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area and the cream in your Irish coffee. It's Phil Grooms. What's up, man? What's up? I think you're lovely. Thank you. I like to think I am, too, but I also don't know if it's like ego stroking just to outright say that, you know? So... Anyway, but thanks, man. Uh, you're you're pretty great too. You're pretty great too. Oh, thanks, Val. You're no your self de- your typical self deprecation. So yeah, well, I wouldn't be from the Northeast if I didn't self deprecate at every turn. So, uh, but I mean, you knew that you lived in New York for a while. And uh, also joining us, if the USL had an Equestria, he would be our Rainbow Dash. Um, he he would also be leaving Netflix soon. Um. <laughs> Oh, and if he hates your team, it's probably one, because he has the stats to back it up, and two, because you're right. It's Pony. Hi, Pony. You know it's good when your own intro makes you laugh and you can't even get it out straight. <laughs> you mean like when I introed it? For, oh, yeah. For, yeah, you know, whatever. Like dad jokes. I laugh sometimes before I even finish my own jokes. That's good. That's when you know you've made it as an adult. Like they give you a certificate and things. Oh, yeah. Gotta get and, a uh, good dad joke yeah. in that pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're having one of these shows. Guys, Ryan's not here, so that means we don't have great show notes. Two, um, things are going on. So we're going to try to breeze through some of the some of the big kind of storylines from this week, and then we're going to we're going to split. So that being said, um, I would be a very bad person if I asked Aaron Cranford in the USL D3 office about this and then didn't say anything about it. Uh, your one piece of news, USL D3 is announcing another uh, founding member of their league, and I'm going to say it, and then if I'm wrong tomorrow, I'll be wrong. But check our Twitter so we can super confirm it, because I was told that if we could wait until Tuesday, we'd have the date confirmed. But I said, the problem about holding yourself to a date is that you can't do that. <laughs> so uh, a founding team probably announced on Thursday. Did he of, of the week in that message? Which What's I- that? Did he say the seventh team or did he say the ninth team in that? Moment? I think it was the seven. It's whatever number's next. Like it's just one. So I think it's number seven. Yeah, I just thought I thought we were up to eight already. So I oh, we know. might be. It's whatever the next team is, whatever number that is, and it's going to be hopefully on Thursday. There's a lot of, you know, logistics involved in announcing a team. It's not just you show up and it happens. So hopefully Thursday. But check us out uh, at the USL show and and uh, the USL D three Twitter account as well, just to confirm that date uh, tomorrow. So. But yeah, no, that's, that's super exciting news. I don't know where it's going to be, um, which I, I literally don't know where it's going to be. 
Um, and if I did, I certainly wouldn't tell people and, and, and completely throw away all kind of good karma and standing I have with the league. Uh, but yeah, it should be a good one. I'm, I'm really excited to see what D3 brings next year. Yeah, and apparently there's a there are a lot more just ready to come in in the following year. So yeah, I think That's so exciting. D three is gonna go crazy, and it should have a different name in the near future too. So I'm excited to hear yeah, that. Yeah, that'll be neat. Maybe even USLD two will be a different name. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, we saw that at, uh, what, like the beginning of the season they applied for a couple copyrights, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. I like it though. If that's it, I'm happy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then Memphis 901 came in, which is the other bit of news. I don't like that team name um, for the same way I don't like Ford Madison as a potential team name. And um, it's just that, you know, when you use numbers like that, it's hyper-local. And 901 is what, the area code for Memphis? Yeah. Um, and I imagine Memphis has more than one area code. Probably. But they did so, it on 91, so, you know. That was yeah. That was clever. I really like their logo. That's really good logo. It's pretty. True. It's good. The neon. The neon's a little. It's getting played in the USL, right? Yeah, it's a little overdone right now, and I would have liked to see it in softer colors or maybe a, you know, like a, a Grizzlies esque color scheme. I think that'll look really pretty. Um, but yeah, I mean, the team name is the only thing I have a problem with. Yeah, logo which is still, a logo is top third in the league easily. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. team name is if you know Phil and I are saying it should have been Memphis Vinyl. Yes. That would have been, been good. amazing. I actually really like your Memphis 45s idea. I don't think too many people are going to understand that. At least in vinyl, people get what it is. Yeah, yeah. but I, I just think Not that's one of those things where I think you only have to hear that once before you you get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like, too hipster to go 45s. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're probably a really bad demo for, for that name because we're, we're all <laughs> hipster trash and we do a podcast about the league. So, of course, we're going to be like, they should have done this. That would have been cool. But it's right. like you got to appeal to the other not three people that don't live in Tennessee. So I mean, imagine if Orange County asks the USL show, like, what should we name our team? <laughs> the Fighting Comrades. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. The 90210. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys should have just called yourselves One Tree Hill for the irony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It is one of these shows. I like them, though. Um, so, guys, there was some soccer played. There was actually a good bit of soccer played this week. Um, and some things happened. And boy, had off with a, uh, with a confusing one. Your final score from Slugger Field, Toronto FC 2-4, Louisville City 1. Montreal lives. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. What so, is with the weird MLS two Canadian teams when you know August and September all around and suddenly decide to be really, really good? Yeah. You know, I this is where we would have liked to have uh, handed all the applause to um, that guy that joined the club that was supposed to help their academy program, but he left. John Hackworth. Oh, not Hackworth. <laughs> Perhaps they should be booing Hackworth a little yeah, bit. Yeah, maybe. Oh, are you talking about Toronto? Yeah, Toronto. Oh, their coach that like left halfway through the season. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember his name at all. Yep. But hey, that's all right. They had um tell you what, Sabasa Endo went off and in fact earned my my chunk of the player of the week voting. So um nice. man, he had a great night. 
Toronto, Toronto's fourth goal pretty much sums up everything you need to know about this. In that they passed it about three times in Louisville's like eight yard box and then scored. It was great. <laughs> the shots are good too. Louisville twenty two six on target. That's what I was trying to pull up. Yeah, Toronto eight five on target. So. <laughs> Once again, you know, it's not about and, and possession 68-31 split for Louisville. Not about how much of the ball you see or, you know, how many shots you get. It's just about if they go in or not. It's tough. Tough day for Louisville. It is. It was. They'll, I mean, they'll be fine, right? It's just one of those weird, like, oh, that's a that's a bit strange. Yeah, they'll be the Which, two seed probably. It's just that one really weird loss that every team has. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I suppose congratulations are actually in order for uh, – for FC Cincinnati, who, um, and I guess we'll talk about him here in a second, but they did manage to clinch a playoff spot. They did so. it? I mean, yeah, they've had a playoff that locked down for months. Well, I mean, now it's mathematically <laughs> impossible for them to not make the playoffs. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they could probably lose out and still be like the fourth seed right now. <laughs> it would honestly be, I think they could lose. I don't know. I'd love to see you or Ryan or someone do the math, but I'd, I I just want to or Ken Hawker. I would I would wonder what would happen if they lose out. What the lowest possible seed they can get is because I don't even think it would be like eight. I think they'd end up somewhere like four or five. I would have them. The yeah, I'd have them tied for third with Charles Charleston and Pittsburgh if they lost out. Wow, that's funny. That's cool. actually really terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think they're going to do that, but it's just crazy to me if they feasibly could just not. Yeah, and and still make third place in the conference. But we mentioned a while back how like they need to do what they can to stay motivated, you know. And I guess MLS helps in trying to get a spot on that MLS team. Trying to win the cup right now. Well, yeah. I just mean like you got to win the cup and you got to win it by a lot. And and yeah. you know, Ryan whips out those ELO ratings, and, and Cincinnati could be in the top eight, top five, or better uh, based on what happens. And and like those are those are good stats. Like they should try to win that sort of a. Uh, Sort of kind of standing based on the team they've put mm. together here. Mm. Historical. Sort of walk through the playoffs is what you're saying. They should, yes. Yeah. But it's just not like that in soccer. So we should no, not expect that, but they should maybe aim for that perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it depends who they play too. Like I was I yeah. say I was saying on Twitter, if they like have to go through New York, Pittsburgh, and Louisville, that's gonna be rough. rough. Yeah. <laughs> um I, I thought both of Indy's results this week, a, a weird draw against Pittsburgh and then a, a disappointing draw against Richmond were unfortunate because, Pony, you said this when we were just off air. You were like, no one wants to take fifth place in the East. Yeah. <laughs> like, Nashville isn't, Nashville's playing bad. Indy's playing bad. Bethlehem isn't playing great. Ottawa's playing bad. Carolina's yeah. playing bad. Well, just, Bethlehem, just basically, like, you'd expect them to win... I think every game they have remaining except for maybe Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay at this point. And for them to, to drop, you know, three points at home against Penn FC when they scored early, mm. you yeah. know, it's it's not great. Yeah, even then, Penn isn't bad. I mean, no, 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 Carolina, Penn, Tampa, they're all in the same. They're not going to the probably make playoffs, but hey, if they catch fire, they could sneak in and knock someone off. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but let's talk about this this Indy 2, Pittsburgh 2 draw. Um, just because this might have been the worst officiated game I've seen in USL this year, and no, that's not an exaggeration. That's literally where I'm at. Um, which, if you follow the league a lot, you'll understand the weight of that. If you don't, 
There's been some really badly officiated games this year. Um, like, I think the only thing that the USL really needs to talk about in the offseason meetings is to lock Pro in a room and ask them how to do better. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, a really weird one. Um, Pittsburgh gets a goal at the beginning of stoppage time, and then I think Jack McInerney hits his brace towards the end of it. Um what Indy gets a gets one corner kick or something like uh, there was five minutes at the end. So the 95th minute they get a corner kick and then they set up another one at 96 32 and the ref just blows his whistle right before they take the corner. Um, Martin Rennie among others, not very happy that that's how the game ended. I don't blame them. I've never really seen a game end on a team waiting to take a corner kick. Um, but uh, this is the referee that did the Tampa Bay Charleston game last. That's actually well, I guess okay. We're... It's not the exact same one. I forgot. There were two bad ref games this week. This wasn't okay. the same one. Oh, okay. Were, Sorry. Were, yeah, I so said that wrong in pre-show. So this is a new competitor to worst referee in USL. Uh, and boy, did he make his case. Phil, did you, did you see any of this one? Yeah, and uh, you know what? I watched all of this go down in, in person, not in person. Sorry, I watched it on TV. But um, I'm trying to remember the red card to me was the biggest problem in my opinion. Ooh, yeah, exactly. So I don't remember what happened, though. Um, uh, Indy defender goes to like play a fifty, uh, like clears a ball, like a fifty-fifty, and then Dabo, I think it was Dabo, um, comes in with his with his foot high and kind of catches the Indy defender in the foot, as you see a fair bit in soccer, hmm. where it's just he mistimes it. Um. And, you know, it's a foul, and I would be okay if it's a yellow card, but that's never a red card. Yeah. That's, um, that, that's if he gets the guy a... in, like, the kneecap, that's a red, but he gets him right in the foot. So, I mean, it's not like he's he's going to kill the guy. Yeah, that's more no card than a red card. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's a yellow, but I would have agreed with not showing anything as opposed to showing a red on that one. Yeah. yeah and again, yeah. that one, I've been saying that there's been a weird – there's never been – consistently strong refereeing in the USL. But in the no. last few weeks, there's been a lot of games that go, that actually changed the direct outcome of the game. Yes. Whether it was a penalty kick, whether it was a red card, and later on there's an equalizer winner. Yep. And that's the problem. If that happens in the playoffs, it's going to get ugly. Yep. Especially yep. if it happens to a few of the big teams, or even for them. It could be a, well, it's either going to be, like a, if just in the, like in the first round, it's, Cincinnati, New York, and there's a red card either way. Yeah. That's not a red card. It's going to be bad. Even if it's debatable. Right. It'll be either, red. Yeah. It'll be the, the league hates Cincinnati or the league's trying to give Cincinnati the victory. It'll be one of yeah. the two storylines, and that's all we will hear for the rest of the playoffs. Yep. And we'll be a part of that. So it'll be great. <laughs> we'll go oh well should they actually be here they got that gift red card you know at home um anyway phil i, I thought another interesting result this week seattle drew st louis um talk me through that one man because you guys are you're clinging on to that eighth seed no this but um not not with these kind of results you're not no not at all this was a huge disappointment for the team and and you know at first it wasn't it's not the worst thing in the world, right? Because you're away as long as you draw away, you're you're, you're fine, right? You mm-hmm. went home, you draw away, you're going to be okay. And it didn't ruin our kind of setup of of being unbeaten in what six or mm-hmm. seven games at that point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but that's one of those teams where you know St. Louis went on a run, and then you you draw Seattle, 
and you start thinking, well, was it just a good run and they're done being good? Right. You know what I mean? So right. that's that's the worry, and I, and I think the worry grows when you look at the rest of the yeah. that we'll talk about. Well, later. and it's crazy because Seattle drew Orange County too on Sunday. So yeah, I mean, that's that. that's two good results against good teams for us too. Um, you know, and I, I think you see that kind of towards the end of the season where these teams were at the beginning of the year or the middle of the year, or even now you're going, all right, well, they're not going to make the playoffs. So that should be easy points for the other team. And then you go, Oh, wait a minute, that's a draw or, or, you know, Oh, that's a loss. And you know, it's not so much that these teams like S2 aren't going to magically come in and make the playoffs now. Right. I mean, looking at the table in the West, they're in 16th on 19 points. So, I mean, their chances of making it are not, but what I think a lot of these teams are doing, like Toronto FC2 and, and Seattle and, you know, uh, who's down there? Oklahoma and Fresno, even if they're not going to get in. Colorado Springs is another one. You know, Richmond and, and are, are doing well. But they're going to make it as hard as possible for these teams to get points off of them, which is going to make it really hard for them to cling on to these to these playoff seats. Yeah. And, and you know what? We're, we're kind of putting teams together because that, that leads me to the Timbers game a little bit. Yeah, go for it. It was it was just weird because you know we went to Portland and, and Portland's been a little bit strange that they had that run of really good play in the beginning of the year being super defensive, and then a lot of goals were happening on both sides and I didn't know what to expect from them but you know they they kind of sat back and countered and St Louis owned on possession they owned on shots they kind of controlled the game for the most part looked like veterans versus a younger team perhaps um, yeah. but. You know, they scored, St. Louis scored their goal, and then they let one up at the, or no, no one scored, sorry, and then they let one up in the very, very, very last few seconds of the game. Yeah, what was it, 90 plus five or something Portland got there is? And and just like a heartbreaking match, and it happens, but um, it's just happened a lot with St. Louis, this whole like, man, you, you outplay the opponent, even early in the year in San Antonio, you outplay the opponent, you look better the whole game, and then one slip up, and that's it, you know? Yeah. It's rough and it's hard to see when, especially when you couple that with a S2 tie, mm. a Fresno loss away, you know, it's, it's looking a little scary, but, but, you know, mathematically it's still a very good chance. St. Louis stays in right pony. Yep. Yeah. It's like I've been saying, it's about four or five teams at the bottom there. You have kind of Swope, San Antonio, St. Louis, maybe Portland or Reno. If they start falling off, someone's going to get left out. I think the difference between number nine and 10 is going to be big. Hmm. Yeah, San Antonio finally won. So, <laughs> I, hopefully, that's not a common occurrence. See, and they're playing right now inside oh, baseball, wow. right there. Look at that. I mean, I meant to do that. Um, no, but that that was a really good win. Speaking of, I mean, that was a good win for San Antonio. I early, and then they come back and get three. Uh, oh that needs <laughs> I San Antonio in ninth because I think that win against against RGV they can string into some some positive results I think going forward. I mean they have Phoenix on, on the eighth um which is good but I mean yeah that game if they can get anything out of that one, it's going to be interesting. Um, the other one, Nashville had another weird week. 
where they go, you know, what was it, Tuesday? Tuesday they go uh, they go slaughter Richmond for nothing at home. They get goals from Tucker Hume um, twice, Bradley Bourgeois and Matt Lagrassa. So Hume gets a brace and, and Bourgeois and Lagrassa only score a bunch, right? That's good. That's that's the only thing they needed all year is just goals. And then they go away to Charlotte and get shut out one nothing. I know. Yeah, it's not good. I uh, look at the Von Wattum. I remember looking at numbers. Nashville is the worst team at converting chances in the entire league right now. That's incredible. And they're an eight. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. If they could convert on even an average level, they'd be a dangerous side. And I still wonder is it a really- system thing or is it a player thing? It seems more like a system thing based on who's been in and out of there. But I, I don't know. That's actually a great question. And I'd love to sit down and really try to break it down at the end of the year, just because right now yeah. I think it's unfair. Um, but man, like the amount of talent that they've had in there, you know, Meloto's there, Mens is there, Allen they brought in halfway through the season to try to, to remedy things. And now you know, Tucker Hume is firing on on a lot of cylinders. I'm not going to say all of them because he couldn't score against Charlotte. But, I mean, it, I, I don't know if it's – there's certain styles of teams that they play against that, that they don't generate chances in. Like, if there's a certain system that they see and their offense just kind of dries up and it's because of what they're looking at or, or, or what's going on. Because I, I, I think blaming it on a single player at this point is missing the – point almost oh yeah i will i will say though that um part of our loss to portland um michael cox whiffed on two or three yes now now people say he's rusty because he sat for like three or four weeks without Mm. playing in the middle of the season so maybe that's part of it but boy i mean we easily could have won that game if it wasn't for finishing among other things but that's one of the big ones in that game and he's he was a nashville guy so Perhaps they've just had the wrong guys. Oh, and before that, he was very good with Orlando City B. Like, very good. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that was. Maybe he's got a little bit of, like you said, you know, rustiness in terms of match sharpness. And then, you know, maybe a little bit of Nashville and switching over to Pulis' system. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think looking back for Charlotte in their previous 15 matches before their last one against Nashville, they had one win. And that was also against Nashville. That's funny. So yeah, last sixteen games, Charlotte has two wins, both against Nashville. Oh man. Oh man, that's not great. That makes me that's really weird. What you were saying a little bit, Evan, is that maybe it's certain systems they see. Start. But wouldn't it be crazy if the certain system that got them was Charlotte? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, just well, but like, look at how everyone else did against Charlotte this year. I mean, look at Charlotte. Charlotte's beat Nashville twice, Ottawa twice, and Cincy once. <laughs> but like, well, I don't know. I, Ottawa <laughs> has somewhat of an organized. Defense. Phil, right before this game, they lost to North Carolina six to two. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the best? How they do against Penn FC? That's the big question. Uh, hold on, because it sounds to me like they do well against organized defenses. I mean, uh, you're talking Nashville or Charlotte? Charlotte. Like Charlotte draw. drew them 1-1, one, one, yeah, and then they play them again play October later. 3rd. So, I don't know. I think but it's like 3-0 in the Louisville, draw Pittsburgh, 3-0 in the Bethlehem, draw Here's Penn FC. I will say. 
I'll just say that Jeffries makes them play out of the back no matter who or how they're playing. And that's it's, how they do it. And perhaps just passing around and getting people out of position works better on defenses that are more organized. Or against teams that don't let that happen in high press. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's hard. It's man, it's hard to be a possessive, a possession team against a high press in, in the USL. Yep. Um since okay, he's two well, poking Nashville one more time. Yeah, please. How teams are now are gonna make playoffs. They are the absolute worst offensive team, the second best defensive team. Oh, you can do it. Why couldn't you have said wait, you said the second best defensive team? Yeah, you Pittsburgh's still better. You love okay. that pony. Goes Pittsburgh, then Nashville. Yeah, because if Nashville's offense was anywhere close to decent. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, Speedway. <laughs> they know. I mean, they agree they with me. So, yeah. <laughs> like, if their finishing was any, I just, I just felt bad for for saying it that bluntly. But if if their finishing was anywhere close to consistent, I guess not decent because when they score, they can score. <laughs> if they were consistent at all, they'd be top four. They are the worst converting team in the league. Yeah. The worst. No, I, I heard you the first time. It's just, it, I just, it's such a gap between what's good and what's bad. And it's frustrating because if that bad was, was any better at all, almost they'd be great. It's comic. I mean, Cincinnati's the best conversion team and they convert twice as much. Like literally their, their shot percentage result in goals was double that of Nashville. Oh, <laughs> Um, That's probably last thing real quick is yeah, probably yeah. just as much saying something about the goals that they set up being super quality, not just the finishing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's multiple things, but it's still comical to think that if they had the same when, routine. When you have that many very good, very, very good playmakers on the field, yeah. and you have guys like Lasso who can pass out from the back and and so on and so forth, I'm not like, I don't care that you score. I'm expecting you to score, <laughs> but your goals need to be easy. You know, you need to be scoring Manchester city type tap-ins like three times a game where not only are you getting through the back line, you're also playing it back across goal and having someone just be there like, it. Um, and they're, they're doing it. So it's, it's good. Speaking of doing it, uh, since he two Pittsburgh one, I mean, finishing chances. Yeah, like, that's all this game is. I mean, I think stat-wise, Pittsburgh won on everything except goals. Mm. At least last. I mean, it could be stat correction, but last I saw, I think Pittsburgh had actually outshot them. Well, and this is a uh, possession. It's they're continuing the trend of losing when they have the ball too much. I swear, guys are doing this to them on purpose at this point. <laughs> they have like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let them have possession, but like, don't let them win. Yeah, well, it seems to work. Is it's just really hard. Yeah, R Romeo Parks, a guy who shouldn't be in the league, scored in the fifty seventh minute. Um, Deco Kynan in the eightieth, and then oh, uh, oh, we found him, Fernando Adi in the eighty eighth, making it two to one. Um, hey, he's really strong. If if anyone's not familiar, oh man, that goal, yeah, he pretty well fell over and was like, no, it's all right, I'm gonna score. No, when you think of Fernando Adi, that's that's the that's the goal you think he's gonna score. That he's um he's I was actually just talking about um Yosef Martinez, Atlanta United's record breaking MLS goal scorer. The thing that like you don't appreciate about some of these forwards in, in USL or just any league is how violent they are when they hit the ball. It's the you best. know what I mean? Like yeah. just absolutely 
rocket balls at goalkeepers. Almost like if you can stop this, that's really neat. You know, and then they celebrate like whatever. I'm like, you just hit that like 40 miles an hour for eight eight yards away. Like, no way. And then you're just like, yeah, I do that all the time. Martinez celebrates angry. He's always angry when he scores. He is. Goals. It's so good. I love how not to get on a tangent. I love how angry he is. Yeah, it's the best. Adi's the same way. Great goal. Um, really like his celebration for all the um, expletive we talk about him and if he's happy there, going over to your coach and hugging him. Yeah. That's a pretty good way to shut us up. <laughs> that, was cool. that was cool. And I mean, you know, we, we've heard every week from Kev, whether it's on the show or, or in our in our group chats, but he's like, he's a professional and he's going to put in a shift. And he did, came in, made a cameo, scored a goal, got him three points, made Pittsburgh very unhappy. Yeah, I've, I'm not sure. I need to talk to the Mongols people about the main keeper still being out. I know he got knocked up with a head injury. Yeah, someone fractured his cheekbone. I don't quite okay, recall what, what happened on that one. I guess he got um, leveled in some game. Yeah, it was Brendan Aronson who fractured. Well, not like he meant to do it, but he uh, collided with Brendan Aronson's knee and, and fractured his cheekbone. And I think he's going to be out for another week or two. It'll be good for Pittsburgh to get him back. Yeah, even they need missing, Even missing like a month now almost, he's still, I think, the number three leader for shutouts in the league. Yeah. Wow. Well, and especially after the the distribution from um, uh, what's his name, their keeper uh, in the indie game, I forget. He was uh, a former Edmonton guy. I Kirk. forgot his name too. Yes, Kirk. Thank you. It was Kirk. interesting to see a, a keeper. But that first goal they gave up was bad. So yeah, they they yeah. need Lind. Lind back. I mean, he settled down and he played a pretty good game after that. But I mean, that was that was rough. Kirk is Kirk is fine, but Lind is top three. Lind is is you know you're you're moving from um, Lind is top tier. This Kirk is Kirk Kirk is still serviceable, very USL strong average. Hmm. I mean, maybe outside of Pittsburgh, you wouldn't be quite as good, but you can't complain. But no, 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 it's moving down from top option to good option. Right. I mean, he's a backup keeper. He you're not expecting a team's backup goalkeeper to be as good as their main guy. Right. So it's just weird. Cause it's a Lily uh, goalkeeper finally looking bad. Like for the first time. Ever. Eh, I mean, you know, he had one really bad error, but I think he, I honestly do think he settled down in that indie game a good bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's so he's not bad. It's just one of those where Pitts, Pittsburgh is like at 90% strength if they don't have wind there you go. and playing top teams on the road. You need that hundred percent. And being forced to, forced to have the ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, who wants to have the ball? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. What was possession? I mean, it's supposed to be zero zero until the eighty fifth minute. They get a cheap goal and end the game. <laughs> yep. What do we got next? Um, I was going to talk about Bethlehem losing to Penn FC, um, just only because it was a really poor performance, and I really hate how Bethlehem played down the Penn FC apparently every year. Uh, but then I realized that they didn't lose Every anything in the table, so it was, yeah. This is the first time Penn FC has Oh, right. So I, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, what am I talking about? In their two meetings, I feel like Bethlehem really played down the Penn FC. <laughs> Lots of history. Yeah, it's, ooh, tons of history, let me tell you. That's a rivalry bur- burgeoning waiting to happen. You know what would be really cool? If like there was if if Penn FC was formerly affiliated with the team that Bethlehem Steel is affiliated with now, and they like tried to move them, then they said no, and then they made a team. I don't know. It would have been crazy, right? Um, 
Yeah, okay. Sorry, salty saltiness aside. Pen FC is, is a tricky team to play right now. Yeah. How so? Well, they have like eight home games in a row coming up. <laughs> like like literally. Um they've only played twenty five games. Let me see here. Their next one, two, three, four, five. Oh, they literally, literally do not play on the road the entire season. Yeah, the rest of their games are at home. Oh. Um, because they weren't able to use their field at the beginning of the season. Because that's what happens when you share a baseball field sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're playing at home, which is tricky because teams don't like playing in that baseball field, Tampa Bay. And um, they can really do some damage to people. Like I said before, like earlier on the show, it's not so much that they're going to you know make a really hot run and make the playoffs, although they could. But I think they're going to just try to make things as hard as possible for the teams that are in or around the playoffs right now in, in the East. And that's going to be a, a problem. You really can't take any of these games lightly. Um, and I said, you know, it would really suck if, if Bethlehem overlooked this game and, and looked towards Pittsburgh, who I know they really want to get a result against on the road. And well, they did it and they lost to, to Penn FC. So could have been, you know, a point or two there that you would have liked, but. They didn't drop anything in the table, so it's not the end of the world. And I'm, you know, they'll still maybe make it in. They have some favorable matchups. They play Indy Eleven again, so, um, yeah, we'll see. What's with Bethlehem banging in distance goals all the time? Do you feel like they always do that? Uh, they didn't in this one. Penn FC scored oh. a, a howler or two, but yeah, I mean, um, Dude. I don't know. We just have guys that know how to hit it from deep. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Um. Let's see other news we got going on. Man, it's so weird that Tampa are going to miss the playoffs, isn't it? It's very, yeah. very, very weird. I don't like it. And like they had a really good result against uh, North Carolina, which is actually resulting in friend of the show uh, Dan from Unused Substitutes getting a tattoo at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, Sebastian. It starts with poutine, and eventually you get an ink. So yeah, luckily it's not going to be well for him. Luckily, it's not going to be a tattoo of poutine. Although Mike Pendleton. Oh, that's the next one. Um, (laughs) That's if they like win USL Cup. He's got to grab one of them. On his butt cheek. Yeah, man. Um, So that was good. I I don't know. Guys, is there anything else that kind of stuck out this week? I mean, we're going to talk refs. The the Charleston-Louisville game with another questionable call. Yeah, I did. Where I know a lot of the Charleston people are saying that should have been a handball and box at the very end there. One. And that was the game I was getting confused. That was the same ref that was the Tampa okay. Cincinnati ref. Mm, the Louisville handball, Charleston. Yeah. Second I mean, half. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, about 80th minute, but it was one it of was those. It was like one of those weird, like he goes for a slide tackle and it hits his hand, right? It was just blocking it. Oh, okay, great. But it was one of those. I mean, at first glance, I thought it wasn't a card, but on slow motion, like, okay, yeah, that was a handball in the box. Mm. Okay, so, so it's you know, one of those like without, and I'm sure the ref was scared after what he did last week. Did mm. <laughs> not want to start giving stuff out again. Yeah, especially to to Charleston, who can make a case that they've been one of the more unlucky teams this year, regardless yeah, of where they're on the table right now. Yeah, I I will also say that yeah. um, I'd rather them undercall than overcall, and I've yes. said that in the past. I, yeah. There was like a there was pretty much a penalty in the box with St. Louis against against Portland and everyone was pretty mad after. I mean, understandably so. Uh, but but it was a no call and I'll take that after especially after talking about all these other problems. I'd rather it be a no call than a wrong call. So yeah, I agree. No call is better than wrong call all the time. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Kind of on the Twitter poll I put out during all this stuff going down. Let me search for that real quick if people could vamp. Another weird one is uh, mm -hmm. Salt Lake okay. City might be taking it easy a little bit. I, we'll talk about that in a sec. You have something, Pony? Yes, I found it. The, was, with all the calls and how many points think USL refs have, refs have cost your team this season, after 62 votes, the leader is six or more points with 42% of people thinking that. Hmm. So almost half of all respondents think that they've been robbed of six points. Did you, did you get through that hmm? data yet? Not all of it, but I okay. mean, yeah, that's yeah. Forty-two percent say six or more. Twenty-one say four or five. That's because that's the thing you're actively like looking into, right? Yeah. Is how many points teams have gotten from calls? Yeah, twenty-seven, one to three points, and ten percent have no points. Something interesting at to kind see of what, the... I'm more looking at what refs do, like okay, because refs are all different. Sure. Some refs call everything. Some refs are afraid to make a call. All right. Yeah. And the guy who was a Cincinnati Tampa ref makes mm -hmm. a lot of calls. Phil, you said you think us uh, monarchs are, are taking the pump in the brakes a little bit. Yeah, I do. I do. They lost. Is that because they don't want to play San Antonio first round? Maybe. I don't think so. Actually, no, they, they've been pretty. Why is the result what it is right now? They don't want to play San Antonio first round. <laughs> um, but no, they lost at home to San Antonio. They lost to OKC. It just feels like they're pumping the brakes just a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, well, they haven't lost at home yet. Oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, they say they're current. You can say they're currently losing at home, 37th. Oh, sorry. This will uh, be kind of redundant when it comes out tomorrow, 37th minute right now, time of recording. One nothing, San Antonio FC never. after a uh, an early goal. Yeah, I think that was already well. done. I forgot it's happening right now. So never it's mind. It, uh, the amazing ever, point is the last time ever Monarchs lost at home. I say the last time the Monarchs lost at home in the regular season was last year to San Antonio. Oh, okay. hey. They have actually not lost at home this season yet. Let's go crazy. That's so good. That's like every team would love that, right? And like every team expects that. And they're like, yeah, we're going to make this a fortress or whatever. And like they lose the first time in like April. Uh, <laughs> but like Real Monarchs are just like, yeah, we're just, you're, you're not going to win here. And no one does except for San Antonio, apparently. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I don't know if they're putting on the brakes so much, Phil, as that right now, compared to the other team that's in top of, of their conference, since he's on, like, 60 points with, like, an 800-goal differential, and, like, Monarchs are actually having the fight for first place in the West right now. Yeah. They got to keep... With, like, Phoenix has two games in hand. Got to look in the rear view here and there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't know. I Man... Phil, I think you guys, again, you can get a lot of help tonight. And then Reno's going to have to help you out a little bit, I think. But I, you guys can make it in. I mean, St. Louis wants Real Marks to win tonight. Yeah, actually, that would be better for St. Louis. Yeah. yeah we have a chance. St. Louis has a chance. It's just... Uh... Would that be a... That's, that's a decent question. I mean, it's probably a better question to ask you, you know, like when the season's over, when we can do exit interviews with everybody. But like, would that, is that a disappointing season for you guys if you don't make the playoffs? No. Again? Okay. I'm already happier. I'm, you know, I'm like not sad to be in the hunt at least. Yeah, to be in the hunt, okay. and, and honestly, more so the eye test of what the team looks like. All of a sudden, we can hmm. attack for the first time in our history, probably. Um, you know, like that's that's great to see, and and it's gonna get better when we finally keep mostly the same team next year. You know, right on. 
it's it's just going to be a lot of firsts, and I'm I'm really happy about that alone. For sure, for sure. And any move back east. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Oh man, I I think if you guys stayed in the east this year, you'd be right in. May, yeah, maybe. I really do. I don't know. Maybe. You would add more tape on everybody. I think we could finish better than Nashville, and we're almost as good on defense, perhaps. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the difference. I think that. I mean. East is tighter from yeah. like fifth to like tenth, but fifth to like thirteenth. <laughs> yeah, ba- basically. <laughs> so all the way down to Toronto FC two right now, pretty tight. Yeah, Tulsa I, and Seattle aren't doing too hot either. But. Well, yeah, they're mm, no. Um, yeah, guys, should uh, should we call it a night and I can get to do some plugs? I think so. Go for it. Yeah, so if, if you want to follow us, actually, no, let me, let me, I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate the YouTube one in. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. Um, if you want to hang out with us live, you can. Uh, every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, you can, you can stay aware of that and, and make sure you get notified of it in two ways. The easiest one, go to youtube.com backslash the USL show. Um, and from there, you can just hit subscribe or you can hit the little notification button, which is a bell. And then whenever we go live, which should be about once a week, um, every time, every Monday at about 9 p.m. Eastern, um, it'll let you know. Or what you can do is you can just hang out and, uh, and watch our Twitter. It'll come in through there. We'll tweet it out a couple minutes before we go live or write about as we're going live. Um, and you can hang out with us. The live chat's there. You know, If you just want to have a more authentic um, day of experience and hear about us making fools of ourselves earlier, feel free to do it. If not... Um, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, the easiest way to get a hold of everything and to get it before it goes live elsewhere, definitely check out uh, theuslshow.com, which is also where you can find links to our Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash theuslshow. Um, thanks to Steven Hernandez, who is uh, our newest Patreon subscriber. Welcome. Um, you have access to our show, Stick to Sports, which we did the first episode of. It was really good. We inadvertently found out that Kevin did a movie. We're going to talk about it sometime this month for our second episode of Stick to Sports. You might want to subscribe to that one. Um, all it is, literally, we'll take a donation as little as $1 a month. It's $12 a year, guys. I know I don't want to be that guy with finances and things, but the way we set that up is that, you know, I was only comfortable charging people for what I could feasibly pay. And I was like, $1, if you do that, you're amazing. Again, we don't want to pay all this or anything because I think that's that's BS to do. So we don't. So just an extra thing for you there. Stick to sports. It's, it's really good. Check out the first episode. Um, also, another really easy way to get in touch with us. Um, DMs on Twitter are open. Also, the USL show at gmail.com. I will check that periodically. And uh, if you write us things, you have any questions, you want to know how to get better at watching soccer, you want to learn about BGN Written, you want to learn how to do podcasts, whatever. I don't really care. Just ask us questions. Hit us up, uslshowgmail.com. We'll be friends. It'll be great. Elsewhere, um, if you want to follow me personally or anything like that, I am at speakevanspeak on the Twitters. Um, I will be in Pittsburgh next week. I'll be hanging out with Mongols people. I'll be hanging out with, uh, with Hugh Roberts. I'll be hanging out just taking in the city. Um, should be a good time. If you want to follow Pony, you can do that at Iron Pony Chef. Tell him that you think he hates your team, whichever one it is, and he'll provide you with stats to prove why that's true. 
Um, and then also, if you want to follow Phil, you can do that at Phil Grooms. Um, that's with two L's and two O's. Or I think game days and things you used STL Soccer Report yet, right? right? Yep. Cool. So yeah, STL Soccer Report. If you're looking to follow St. Louis FC on game days and things. Um, guys, is there anything else you want to plug? Phil, I know you're doing an interview with somebody that's coming out soon, right? Yeah, and to- and uh, Pony's going to have a-, a show later, too. That's why. Right, yeah. So, Phil, you plug your interview, and then Pony will let you plug your thing, and, and that'll be cool. Cool, yeah. So I have an interview with um, Adam Bells from It's the Scuffed podcast that follows um, that follows all the men's national team players mm-hmm. and possible mm-hmm. men's national team players abroad and at home and he really covers the usl it's like the first men's national team guy that covers usl that's really cool does a great job and so we do a deep nerd dive it goes like an hour hour and a half on top of an interview with the rochester rhinos owners so i'm gonna say (laughs) wednesday morning and um it'll be a long nerdy episode but we'll do the interview first and then the the talk about a couple of my friends right well not friends but a couple of uh, of union boys there Oh, yes, we do. Yeah, not a ton. Not a ton. It's all right. It's we okay. Yeah. We have time. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm glad that uh, I, I would like to very much thank Mr. Aaron Cranford again um, for, for we li- I think we literally, probably more eloquently, I don't know what you sent to him, Phil, but we went, hey, can we talk to someone from Rochester? And he went, yes, here's who you should talk to. And they replied, and I am still in awe that people talk to us so easily. <laughs> I am still baffled that we can go, hello, we would love to hear what you have to say about things. And people go, yeah, that's great, because that means that we're fair in my head. And that's wonderful. So I'm glad that we're okay with giving people a platform. And at the same time, I'll plug an interview I did with um, perhaps one of the nicest people in this league, bar none, that I don't care what anyone has to say. Uh, Bethlehem still left back Prosper Cholula. We talked about him growing up in uh, Zambia and playing for Kifue Celtic and Patrice Evra and Die Hard um, and Fast and Furious. It's a really good interview. It's a it's a really breezy thirty minutes compared to Phil's deep dive half hour and a half long one. Um, and I just I just love doing those player profiles, man. They're they're really fun, especially ones that are in person because um, it adds a whole other dynamic. So. I really liked it. A lot of people that I asked who granted are my friends and people that I respect uh, personally and professionally really liked it. So that was great. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. Check that one out. That was a, a part of our You Play We Don't series, which is kind of my baby. And I'm super happy that it is what it is. Anyway, Pony, what are you doing with, uh, with a couple of our friends uh, here later this week? Yeah, speaking of nerdy podcasts, can we go with yeah, hey, So you know it's going to Nerds. Who would have thought? This is number nerdy because getting at Ryan and Ken over in Cincinnati to talk about playoff projections, kind of using three different systems. I know you can see me put out my projections. Ken does his. Ryan has his ELO stats, and we're gonna compare what all of us say the playoffs should look like, and talk about strengths and weaknesses and all that sort of fun stuff of each method. If you like numbers, it might be a fun one. If not, at least let us see how good your team is. And then <laughs> yeah. you might want to cut out after that. Maybe, but, uh, maybe like a couple days after, or even like the next day or something, you guys should just kind of tweet out where everyone landed and link the show. Yeah, I try to do that at least. I try to do that usually about once a week for mine, but yeah. keeping it secret for tomorrow. 
<laughs> don't want anyone to get into it. Otherwise, no one will listen. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, it'll be really great. It'll it'll sound. It'll be uh, it'll be an audio podcast. It's basically a bunch of three American white males talking about numbers in the same way that I feel like the Large Hadron Collider sounds when it blows things up. Um, <laughs> in that we're gonna jam a bunch of things that are really scientific and things together and just kind of see what happens when they when they collide. So that'll be exciting. Sounds you like know, a Fibonacci, Fibonacci sequence, derivatives, calculus, differential yeah. equations. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like my my failed line of clothing, the Fibonacci sequence. Um, <laughs> and or to that make ends a, the podcast. No, yeah, that's, that's that rap. joke ends it. Or to make a joke that Carson Carson Merkel will appreciate. Uh, putting Pony and Ryan together is great, but if you add Ken, it's basically like the the math nerd like mega powers in the 80s WWF of, of Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. Um, and and I think, well, one of them has to be Miss Elizabeth, I suppose, but we don't want to, you know, assume genders and things. That could be Ryan. So we'll um, uh, yes. So, guys, thanks for listening. Sorry for the... It actually didn't really end up being a shortened episode, but it's kind of shorter by us there. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you enjoy Pony, uh, Phil, and I just BSing for about an hour about things that happened this week in the USL which is normally what we do, um, but without Ryan's show notes this week. So um, take care. Hope you guys had a really nice Labor Day weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, all right?